Welcome to episode nine of Rooted. I'm so extremely grateful to have you here and share this space with me. For those of you that are new, my name is Catherine Morio, and I really appreciate you listening and sharing this really sacred space with me. I also really appreciate the continued feedback and messages of those of you that maybe just started listening or had a friend share it with them and have reached out and shared really kind words with me. I really can't explain how much that means to me. If you have messaged me, you know I say to each message, it really is just God speaking to you and him just allowing me to be the vessel. My prayer before I record each episode is that it can reach whoever it needs to reach. And if it's one person, then I pray it reaches that one person. So again, thank you all of you who continue to share, who continue to listen and just be a part of this journey with me. You know, this morning, I actually, I wasn't going to share this. This doesn't have to do with my podcast, but it's on my heart for me to share it. So someone needs to hear it. This morning, I had taken my dog out for a walk. I mean, the sun was out today in Portland. That's a very rare and special thing here. So I was very excited. And so I took my dog out for a walk. And towards the end of it, I had gotten the motivation to run. Plus, you know, summer's around the corner. And that's also a lot of motivation. But anyways, I started running. And I was kind of scared because I'm like, oh, man, this is going to hurt. Like, I have not worked out in probably a over a month which just is not good and I really just want to get back into it for my mental health my emotional health my physical health and so the last half of our walk I had my dog and I ran home I was actually surprised with how much it didn't hurt like I actually was doing okay and keeping a pretty good momentum and felt good And I love things that are such a reminder to me like that of how much we hype something up because I had already made it so much bigger than it is in my head of how much it was going to hurt, of how much pain I was going to be in, on how out of shape I had gotten. And it wasn't even that bad. How many times do we do that in life with so many different things, whether it's a project that has been on our heart that we continue to procrastinate, continue to put off, or a dream we've had that seems like such a faraway dream, or it's like we don't even know where to get started, so we just don't get started. I know that was for me with this podcast. I put it off for so long because it just was like, where do I even get started on this? And then we get super perfectionist about it and that contributes to even more procrastination. Listen, whatever has been on your heart, just start it. Whatever that looks like to you, take action. Even if you have to turn this podcast off right now to go take action on what it is you know I'm talking to you about, go do it. This podcast isn't going anywhere, but I needed to share that for whoever needed to hear it, that you need to go take action for what you know has been on your heart and you know God's been calling you to it. You've been sending him to voicemail and stuff. I trust, I get it, I get it. I sent him to voicemail a couple times too, but this is your message to answer the call. You're ready, you're equipped, you got this. Now back to our regularly scheduled program, which I mean can really all tie in because when we have a goal or we have a project or a dream on our mind, we think we've got to do it all alone, which makes it all seem even more daunting. You know, maybe it starts out where you are obviously, you know, honing in on your vision and creating what it is that you want, but eventually we're going to need people. We are not meant to do life alone. And I've spoken about this before at, you know, previous events, and I recently was reminded of it. I'm a part of a women's ministry group. We meet every other week. And so the last time we met, I walked away feeling so empowered 
and just feeling so blessed that I could have such amazing conversation like that with other women, that I have other women that I can have conversations like that with because we need one another. There is so much power when we come together. Women have this incredible ability to have such strength and such softness. And when we come together and we can be vulnerable about what we are actually struggling with, what is actually hurting us, what's not on our Instagram story, what's not on our Facebook feed, but what is truly on our heart and we can openly trust who is in front of us to not judge to not berate, to not run and tell other people, but to listen with an open heart and open mind and loving ears. There's something so powerful that happens there. In the Bible, it says iron sharpens iron the way a friend sharpens a friend. We need each other. We need one another. We can't get better or improve or grow and all of that alone. And you know, when we're going through stuff, the enemy convinces us that if we open up about what we're really struggling with, like what we are really going through, about what we've done, about the situation we're in, that if anyone knew, no one would look at us the same. If people at church knew what I have done, right? If she actually knew who I really was, they think they know, but they have no idea the mistakes I've made or the past that I have. All of these thoughts, I think we've all had them at one point. And so what happens is we take all of these thoughts, which are completely from the enemy, and we remain isolated in our shame, in our hurt, in our guilt, in our pain, because we think that's easier than showing and telling people who we really are. Because we have convinced ourselves that if we were to do that, we would be rejected, we would be outcast, we would be turned away and talked about. Let me tell you something real quick. Shame, guilt, all of that. Those are not from God. Let's get that very straight. Those are from the enemy and the enemy uses it to keep you alone and so that he can keep you in that shame and hurt and guilt and pain because if he can keep you alone, he can keep you vulnerable. And if he can keep you vulnerable, he can keep you stuck. We cannot become ourselves by ourselves. Through relationships with others, we realize the healing that we need. We are able to realize some of the triggers that we have. We're able to be personally challenged with our walk and growth by doing life with others. I had previously talked about in a previous episode how I had gone on this healing journey and I was super woosah and all healed and ready to go. And I started dating somebody and all these triggers started going off and all these alarms started going off and I was I was definitely not wusa anymore but that same thing can go for friendship as well when we're in relation with other people only then can certain things reveal themselves and i'm sure that we all have our own battle wounds and scars from friends that have hurt us that have betrayed us lied about us left us in our time of need but i guarantee that there are people out there with battle wounds from us right people we've hurt because we were hurting, because I firmly believe that hurt people hurt people. And in healing, I've had to be very honest with myself about things I I wish I could have done differently, about things I'm not necessarily proud of how I handled, or people that I hurt when I was in my own hurt. Does that mean that I'm not deserving a friendship again? Of course not. But I have found that it is harder for me to forgive others when I have not forgiven myself. Have you forgiven yourself for people you've hurt in your past? 
for people that you hurt when you were hurting? And who do you still hold unforgiveness against other than yourself? You reminding yourselves of how you've hurt that person or how it affected their life or other people may have been affected by it isn't healing anyone. We are human. I tell every person in my life, I will absolutely disappoint you at some point. I will hurt you at some point because I am human. God has forgiven you. Allow yourself to fully embrace that forgiveness and grace that we have been given. And if there are people that you find that you can't forgive, pray for them. I absolutely still hear names of maybe someone that has really hurt me in my past and I'll get a feeling in my stomach like, hmm. And I'm like, fight it, Catherine, fight it, pray for them, pray for them and release it because this is doing nothing against them or for me. If you've had a feeling like that or still do have something very present like that in your life, try and pray for this person daily. Ask God to bless them. And I know we've all also been hurt by even people closest to us. Again, we're all human. I don't think there's a person in my life right now that I haven't hurt and that hasn't hurt me at some point relationships take work. Friendships take work. My best friend has been my best friend since I was 13 years old. And let me tell you, there has been blood, sweat, and tears throughout that relationship. We have not spoken for long periods of time. We have hurt one another. But I cannot begin to explain how much our friendship has grown throughout the years because we have grown throughout the years. It's a completely different relationship than it was 10 years ago. As we grow, so do our choices with who we surround ourselves with. Some people aren't for every season and that's okay. God knows who you need for your next chapter. Part of that growth is being able to trust ourselves, to trust other people, trusting our judgment, trusting our ability to have discernment about who to have around us and who should be around us and who we can open up to. If you feel like you have been hurt in the past, because you didn't use the right judgment on somebody and now you're not sure if you can actually trust yourself to trust other people, pray about it. Ask God that he brings the right people into your life that he knows that you need, that'll help you grow, that'll help you heal, that'll help you feel connected. Ask him for discernment. I always pray for discernment. God, please give me the discernment to make the decision I need to here. God, please give me the clarity I need so that I can see this person clearly, so that I can see what you need me to see. I know a couple episodes I talked about staying connected and, you know, things I did when I first moved to Portland to try and get involved and connect with people. But before you even start all of that, you need to ask yourself, do you allow yourself to connect to people? Because you may be so guarded and so closed off that even when connection presents itself, you don't allow it. I'm going to share quite a bit of uh, different excerpts from a book that really just changed my life. It's called Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud. And I originally started reading this book because it was a part of a group therapy that I had signed up for. A therapist I was seeing at the time was facilitating and moderating this small group therapy that was going to be based around this book by Dr. Henry Cloud. And so I joined it. It was about five or six of us women. And each week we would meet up and discuss the different chapters and share our reflection. I'll never forget the first time we all met up in group. It can very much 
be an intimidating thing because you're sharing very personal reflections and thoughts and feelings with a group of women you've never even met. We had gone around the room and one of the doctors had asked what we were hoping to get out of this. And I'll never forget one of the girl's answers. She said, I feel like between school, between work, between family, and every area of my life I have going on and I have it all together. I feel like I need a place where I can just be messy, where I can just cry, where I can just let out everything I hold in in all the other areas of my life. And that just, it hit me because don't we all want that? In fact, we all need that. A place or a person, an outlet where we can just be messy, where we can let out all the emotions that we hold so tightly, all the feelings we don't express, all the hurt or pain that we wrap up and push down so that we can just get through the day and get to our next appointment or the next phone call. We need an outlet to be messy. What is that outlet for you? Who is that outlet for you? So I'm going to go ahead and jump into changes that heal. And he says, what is bonding? Bonding is the ability to establish an emotional attachment to another person. It's the ability to relate to one another on the deepest level. Bonding is one of the most basic and foundational ideas in life and the universe. It is a basic need. God created us with a hunger for relationship, for relationship with him and with people. At our very core, we are relational beings. The soul cannot prosper without being connected to others. At the foundation of every living thing is the idea of relationship. Everything that is alive relates to something else. Relationship, or bonding then, is the foundation of God's nature. Since we are created in his image, relationship is our most fundamental need, the very foundation of who we are. Without relationship, without attachment to God and others, we can't be our true selves. We can't truly be human. We sometimes think, however, that we can supply all of our needs without other people. We think that in a state of emotional and spiritual isolation, we can still grow. This grave violation of the basic nature of the universe can cause serious problems. The message of the gospel is one of restoration of relationship, and that is what bonding is all about. Bonding is connecting to God, others, and ourselves. Without going through that process of bonding, we are doomed to alienation and isolation. Not only do we not grow, we deteriorate. Our emotional and physiological well-being depends on the status of our heart, and the status of our heart depends on the depth of our bonds with others and with God. Bonded people are able to tolerate and to use constructively time alone. Being alone does not mean they are isolated. Bonded people have the love inside of them for whomever they are attached to. They have it stored up in their emotional tank and it multiplies itself through a lifetime. Because they are not afraid of being alone, they can accomplish many things. Bonding gives meaning to one's accomplishments. In addition, it fuels the rest of our development. Learning how to bond creates more ability to attach to others and enables us to develop in all the ways God designed. People who can't make emotional attachments live in a state of perpetual hunger. They have a crying need that's not being met. These people generally go through different stages of isolation. 
One of the stages he mentions is emptiness. People who are disconnected from God and others feel very empty. Emptiness is one of the most painful emotions a human can feel. Empty people can't feel their own need for love and they can't feel others' love for them. Although some people feel that someone else is going to fill them up, this is impossible. Someone can love them perfectly, but unless they feel the need for love and respond to this love, they will still feel empty. It is only when they feel the need for love and respond to others' love that the love inside them begins to grow. Another example he gives is fears of intimacy. We naturally fear what we do not know. People who have never had close relationships with other people will fear intimacy and avoid closeness with others. Feelings of unreality. Because God has created a relational world, people can know their true selves only in relationship. The true self is a relational self. If people haven't bonded to other people or to God, they can't experience what is true. This gives them a feeling that things are false or unreal. There's also excessive caretaking. The only way some people can feel close to others is to take care of them. We don't think of a caretaker, someone that is always putting other people's needs first, as someone who needs to be taken care of. Caretakers seem so strong. However, underneath many a caretaker's mask is a desperate need for relationship. One can only feel full when he or she brings the real self into relationship. Part of the real self is the needy self. If we are always giving and never receiving, we are denying part of who we truly are. So excessive caretaking may be a symptom of an inability to bond with others. Distorted thinking is another example. Some of our convictions about the world are like outdated maps. Although they may have been accurate at one time, they no longer are. He then dives into our views of ourselves and the effect that this has. And one of the examples he uses that we tell ourselves is, I am bad. We talked earlier about how a lonely self feels like a bad self and how many guilt feelings have their roots in lack of bonding. If isolated people are alone, they feel bad. And if they feel bad, they stay away from others. This perpetuates the loneliness that caused the badness in the first place. It's a vicious cycle. He also brings up the thought we have as far as my sins are worse than other people's sins, which is kind of what we touched on earlier. He says many people finally open up and are vulnerable in a therapy group only after finding out that they were not the only people in the world who felt like throwing their children against the wall or throwing up after eating three chocolate cream pies or masturbating all the time. They find out that this conviction about themselves, that no one is irresponsible or as big as a drinker or as sexually addicted as me, is not true. Feeling different or worse than anyone else can be a strong isolator. Another example is, my neediness will overwhelm anyone. People who feel that their needs are evil are in real trouble because it is our needs that save us. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to say that again. People who feel that their needs are evil are in real trouble because it is our needs that save us. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When people have the conviction that their needs will ruin a relationship, they often stay in isolation instead of letting those needs be made known to their partner. In fact, it is usually the opposite. People want to see our needs so they can get a chance to love us in return. And I'm actually going to dive deeper into that after I finish sharing a couple more excerpts. So another example he shares is our thought of God doesn't really love me. 
Rarely do isolated people feel as if God loves them. People who feel unloved in their human relationships feel unloved by God. Since one of the ways God loves us is through his body of believers, those who are cut off from that body can't feel his love. Isolated people usually do not have a lot of warm, loving experiences of any kind of drawn. He goes on to say it makes sense to put on a warm coat to protect yourself against the bitter cold in winter. But when summer comes, it also makes sense to take off the coat and enjoy the warm sunshine. We often wear psychological coats to protect us from injury. But when God transports us to the warm land with possibilities of warm relationships, a heavy coat will cause problems instead of solving them. We don't need it anymore. God promises to give us new relationships in his family, but we have to work at taking off our coats in order to enjoy the newfound warmth. Different people have different types of coats to protect themselves against bonding. So he goes through the different coats that we as people put on to protect ourselves. He says caretakers sometimes meet their needs vicariously by projecting them onto others instead of owning them themselves. These caregivers give not out of fullness that they have received, but out of need. We must be careful to own our own needs and not project them outward where we cannot get them met. He then discusses reaction formation. Reaction formation is a defense mechanism in which people express a feeling or trait that's the exact opposite of a feeling or impulse that they are often unconsciously suppressing. In simple terms, it means to do the opposite of what you really want to do. For example, people who are feeling lonely may try to become overly independent. They appear extremely strong and will often preach against dependency and neediness. These people may construct an entire theology around the denial of the need for relationship, going in the opposite direction of what they unconsciously need. Let me tell you something. I remember specifically reading this page. I was in an airplane. I was reading this book. And when I read that section, I I put the book down and just sat with that for a minute and thought, have I been doing that? Is that what I've been doing all these years by projecting, yes, be an independent queen. Yes, be an independent woman. Have I been projecting what I've been suppressing? And that that was a whole thing I had to unpack with my own therapist because it caused a lot of internal questions about who I am and am I really who I say I am? And I'm human and I have questioned myself enough to fill books and books and still do but that that part really sat with me so I wanted to point it out another thing he discusses is substitution substitution is simply the substituting of one person or thing for another when people can't get real relationship they will find something to take its place drugs food or sex may be substituted for love people use these substitutes to defend against their real need for other people and God Honestly, I feel like I could share this whole book with you because it is just filled with gem after gem. Again, it is called Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud, and I highly, highly recommend it. When I previously spoke about this similar topic, I had shared a quote that I love. It says, the things most dangerous to you are the things most invisible to you. You see, other people have the ability to see things that we can't. They have the power of their own perspective, which can then challenge us to view people or a situation with another lens 
and pull us out of the tunnel vision that we oftentimes get stuck in and that limits what we're able to intake. I always ask anyone I'm involved with or dating, who holds you accountable? Because although I believe we very much should be the first person that holds us accountable, there always should be someone else. We are not enough to hold ourselves accountable. Who are those people to you? And do you allow them the space to speak truth to you? I don't know what I would do without the people in my life that challenge me and mentor me. And of course, sometimes it can sting, but I would so much rather be hurt with the truth than comforted with a lie. The truth is going to add to my growth and a lie is only going to hinder it. And it is so easy to find people that are going to lie to us. And I don't think they do it maliciously or maybe even consciously because maybe you're going to them because they don't really know you. They don't know your heart. They don't know what's truly inside. And so you go to them because you know that they'll enable you because they don't truly understand you. I've said before, if I am setting a dumpster fire to my life, I do not need people like, yes, queen. I need someone calling me up like, yo, sis, you good. What is going on? Let's hop on a call. Let's talk this out because I'm seeing some things that don't align with who I know you are. But maybe that's why some of us don't allow others to know who we actually are. When we don't allow others to get to know us, truly, truly get to know us, or when we don't allow other people to help us, we are blocking them from being a blessing to us. Think about that for a minute and think about the times that you have found out about something someone else was going through. And you wish you knew because you would have wanted to be there for them. You would have wanted to help them, but you didn't know because they didn't share. Yet we do this all the time to other people in our lives because we think it's an inconvenience or we don't want to worry them or we don't want to burden them. We are blocking the way that God wants to use them in our life because we are not allowing ourselves to open up to them, to connect with them. As good as it feels to be a blessing to others, we need to be able to also receive blessing from others. It is just as equally important because God wants to use other people in our lives as well. Who are you blocking from being a blessing to you today? I don't know what has happened in your past, what hurt you have experienced, but you are not meant to do life alone. We were created for relationship. Trust God to bring the right people into your life and then trust yourself to trust others. Once again, thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Please don't forget to click subscribe. And if you enjoy what's being created here, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review. But most of all, please stay connected. I absolutely want to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at It's Catherine Murillo. Until next time, stay rooted.